So a few weeks ago after I interviewed Ashley Isaac, she's from episode 119. You might remember her, the blogger that became a design studio founder. She works in interiors and branding. We were having a conversation about interviews and she said to me, Ruby, have you ever been interviewed on your podcast? And I said, no, I haven't. I've been interviewed on a few other podcasts, but I have not been interviewed by someone on my own podcast. And she volunteered herself and said, hey, why don't I do it? Like, why don't we jump on a Zoom call and let's interview you? And so doing this off the cuff, not rehearsed with not any prep, which was intentional, was a little bit scary. But I would say that if you want to have fun practicing your story and sharing things straight from the heart and being authentic, this is the way to do it, people. So I want to introduce this episode by saying that this is a little insight into my backstory. And some of you have probably heard little bits and pieces of how I came to start my current coaching business and what I was actually doing before that, which was something completely different. And we also could dive even further back into my story, like right back into parts of my childhood, how I chose my career, how I met my husband, all of those sorts of things, the different businesses we've had. So it really takes you on a bit of a journey of the last well, I'm nearly 40, so <laughs> you can imagine that we cover quite a bit in this. But what I wanted to say is that if you are someone that feels as though you don't have much of a story to share, having this sort of opportunity where someone interviews you is a really powerful experience. I cannot tell you how many times I have thought in my mind, I don't have anything interesting. I haven't had any kind of crazy crisis, existential midlife crisis that well, maybe I did when I changed careers, but you know, it wasn't like there was something crazy happening in my life that prompted that change. And I often thought really up until the last couple of years that I don't really have a story, but the thing is that you have a story, everybody has a story and it's really worth sharing it. It's really worth sharing little bits and pieces if it's on your social media content, if it's in your blogging, your website, wherever you do your marketing, bring your story into it, bring your backstory, bring your story of how you created your product or service because everyone's got something interesting and unique and by telling stories, as we know from history, that's how we learn things, but it's also how we're able to feel like we're seen because we experience perhaps something similar to what the storyteller is telling you or we get right into the emotion of that person's life and so I think the one takeaway that I'd have from this experience is to tell your story more and other than that I'm going to get on with the episode. I really hope you enjoy this one. It was a lot of fun to record and I'm excited to share it with you. Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. 
My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Okay, well, Ruby, it was great. I loved being on your podcast. And the whole time we were talking, I kept thinking like how we have so many similarities and how I would love to hear your story. Um, you know, blogging came up and design backrooms can, came up. And I always am so curious how people got to where they got. So um, maybe you can kind of just take us back to the beginning. I know you studied architecture, but clearly that's not what you do now. Um, you know, I love the more personal, the better. So why don't you just, you know, kind of tell us, you know, maybe back to school, like what even prompted architecture and, um, you know, that was your first kind of school thing. So I'd love to hear, you know, how that got you to now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's always an interesting one because I think, when you reflect back on those times of picking your subjects in high school and what you were actually like then what was going through your mind versus if you were the person now making that decision back then it's always very interesting to think would i have made that decision would i have not made that decision but i think in school i was always very interested in design Growing up, I loved fashion. I had a mum that sewed and sewed a lot of our clothes. Like we were just talking about you being quite industrious and coming up with all these different ideas and things. And they were definitely those people. They had come through, I guess, a bit of the late hippie generation. They weren't really hippies or anything, but certainly okay. they um bought houses, renovated them, and, and definitely when they were having their start in life, it was so much easier to do that. Like we're talking buy a house for $60,000 and your salary is- Oh my God, I can't imagine that reality. Yeah, so they, they did that. They always had that, that mindset. They made a lot of furniture. Like they were really, yeah, they they were industrious, I guess is the, the word that comes to mind. And so growing up, I was always exposed to parents that, yeah, if you can make it, then, then make it rather than buy it type of thing. And so my mom always encouraged us to get into sewing and to pick our own fabrics and I did a little bit of it but I'm not I'm detail orientated but when it comes to using my hands with details I'm not good at all so I found okay. sewing I didn't have the patience for it and things like that and so I didn't go down the fashion route but definitely I knew in high school that I was going to do something design wise I didn't really know exactly what it was and I think my parents generation my mom and dad didn't actually go to university till they were in their 40s after oh, wow. my sister and I had grown up a lot they were very working middle class and certainly okay. unless you had the grades growing up the way that they went through the school system you didn't go to university you got a apprenticeship you became a nurse you became a teacher just like we were talking about your parents and so yeah. for us to then choose to go to university was like a pretty big deal and okay. so 
obviously I felt a, a bit of responsibility to make the right decision. And architecture seems like a career that made pretty good money. I, it's a, it's a fairly broad education in that it's not like graphic design. You're, you're covering a lot of different areas when you are designing a building. And so it's a little bit of science, a little bit of maths, maybe a little uh, bit of uh, understanding like the environment and, and a bit of science. And so I think as far as who I was, I was quite a generalist. It felt like a good fit. And, um, you know, my dad was quite into architecture. I wouldn't say that I was following his dream but there probably was a little bit of that encouragement and even if he meant it in the nice possible way so i went off to university in australia which also meant leaving home at 19 and moving over here by myself not knowing a single wow. person which was a huge leap and I yeah think Firstborns are always really good at going first and taking those mm -hmm. leaps. And, you know, I definitely got some resiliency from those first few years. And so I spent uh, five years total study over here. And this is where we now live as well. So I really moved over here and didn't leave. And then um, that study was interesting that was brawling architecture school is not for the faint of heart and it definitely tests you there are moments where people are standing up and design critiques crying oh it's really awful <laughs> yeah it's really not 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 fun at times it's a lot of hard work and it's definitely for that type of person that enjoys that gets a bit of a thrill out of working really hard and producing a lot of stuff and solving problems and so it all felt like a really good fit at the time i did really well at university and this is where it's always such a interesting question for people to ask why did you leave because i graduated like second in my year there was everything was set up for me to carve this very successful path as an architect but then I had been working during my studies, got into uh, a great firm in Sydney, and I was very much looking at the next five to 10 years ahead of me. What did that look like? What were the next levels in, in the firm that I wanted to get to? Associate, director, blah, 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 or you know, going out on my own. And I remember, the first few years i think i also experienced a lot of health problems and um had immune issues and so i was constantly tired while doing this and constantly sick while doing this career that was also incredibly demanding of me and at the same time i i'm not sure you know that I was very a very nervous person or a very anxious person but I definitely suffered a lot of anxiety and there's it is competitive I started my career in 2008 in the global financial crisis so for the first five years of my career I was also trying to hold on to my job and oh, hoping God. that I didn't get redundant because every year we would have rounds of redundancy and oh. people would be let go and it was it was very 
daunting, you know, and yeah. at the same time you're wanting to make your mark in your career and really stand out and, um, you know, you couldn't just sit back in the corner of the office when you knew that a potential redundancy was on the cards. And so I think that that brought on a, a bit of anxiety plus um, managing big projects you, fairly early on was was quite an experience you know from the first sort of two years starting to to manage big big builds of multi-million dollar houses and things like that mm -hmm. I look back now and I go no wonder I was anxious yeah that's stressful that's so yeah, stressful it was so stressful and so I think all of that just culminated and you know I, I always look back on that moment I didn't have this major, major thing happened to me. You know, I didn't have moments where I was crying on the bathroom floor type of thing, an eat, pray, love moment. Mm. I was, yeah. it was just compounding to the point where I was like, I think what was going on for me internally and physically caused me to question, was this really how I wanted to live the next 20 years of my life or my, the rest of my working life? I got to the point where I said, is this what I want to be doing? You know, do I really want to invest this time and keep on this path? Or is there something else out for me, out there for me? And I started to get very interested in wellness, obviously trying to get myself well. And I found myself, it's really funny because coaching never occurred to me as a career at that time. I didn't leave architecture intending to do that. I left architecture intending to stay in design, but in a totally different capacity. But I found myself really wanting to help my colleagues and help them with their wellness and help them solve problems outside of their life, they were also going through career crises, some of them as well. And I found myself naturally falling into that position. And I didn't know that at the time that that's what I'd end up doing. But I think you you, you build, um, I guess the signs were there kind of thing. I just wasn't listening okay. to them. And were you doing that while you were still working? Oh, like you were yeah. holding onto the job or you'd left already? No, I, like that was extremely informal. This is just me okay. being the sage okay. for the people okay. around me, that I was the person okay. that they came to or I would okay. be the person that they would share stuff with and, and would work through it. And so then I ended up leaving it and I worked with a company that you know very well because they're a born and bred Canadian company, which is Lululemon. And I oh, thought, okay. Lululemon is my next stop. I'm going to be designing stores for Lululemon. So that's what I thought. That I sounds would do. fun. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that that was what I wanted to do. But at the same time, I was actually working in a store and talk about a big hit to the ego. Going from working in a prestigious firm with multi-million dollar houses to working on the retail floor. I say that in inverted commas. Right. No, I, I get that. That's yeah. such a difference. Oh, so different. A little did I know that uh, Lululemon tends to collect a lot of those types of people. And so I was actually surrounded by people that had been in law or been in very okay. high and executive jobs as recruiters and mm -hmm. things like that. And they were coming to Lululemon because they saw the culture and they saw the personal development and all that. And that's what they really wanted. And so 
starting in the store actually gave me the first introduction to things like leadership, leadership coaching, personal development, working with your vision and goals and all of those sorts of things that I guess become foundational tools as a coach. And I stepped into more leadership roles in store and that in, in the Lululemon environment, the way that they set up their culture, there's very much a coaching environment that they create. They're kind of, um, they're very transparent. There's a very big emphasis on communication and developing teams. And so I was starting to do it and I ended up being in that company for five years and absolutely okay. loved my time there. Absolutely loved it and, um, and it really worked for me and in that time I decided I'm going to start my own coaching business because I think I think I need to give this a go this is really scary I never thought I would start a business I never thought I'd start a business in coaching and I got a few clients and I really worked at creating as much community as I could leveraging the people that I knew through Lululemon leveraging being in the store at the same time created a lot of events and workshops and things like that and then just slowly by short you know bit by bit built up my one-to-one -one coaching and how did you get your first yeah. how did you get your first, get client? first clients so the way I, I'm quite old school and a lot of the mentors in terms of coaching that I actually look to even now, but back then, uh, I remember I read this book called The Prosperous Coach and it's by a coach that's based in LA, a, a guy. And um, the way he creates clients is through conversations. So I would actually, and it's not, it sounds, it sounds worse <laughs> when I think about it. I'm not judging. Not I'm like I was going around picking off people, but yeah. I think people, like obviously people are aware that that was what I did. And so we would, like you would do a discovery call or an introduction call, that would often become the, the transition point to then working with me and that's a very common way to do it these days but really I was just becoming more interested in people I would I would ask deeper questions and I would we also owned a gym at the same time so a lot of my first clients actually were connections through the gym that we owned in Melbourne okay so when you say we is this you and your husband my husband and I yeah so my husband okay and so I, let's let's backtrack a yeah. little bit if we can yeah, go when, did, when did your um when did you guys meet oh cool okay so we <laughs> met in my last year of university the okay. most horrible time to start a relationship. Okay. <laughs> you start a relationship in the toughest time. I think there's there's probably some endurance there. <laughs> so we yeah, started definitely. in the last year of university for me. John was already finished and we were living apart. He was living in Sydney and I was living where we live now, which is in Newcastle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So you meet you get together and then did he already have like was he already sort of an entrepreneur when you guys met or okay no he was an engineer and he moved into, okay interesting um, into I guess the construction industry with his engineering as well so we're sort of in a similar field but 
he decided to take the entrepreneur route and start his first business much sooner than what I did. And so we, when I say we, like he ran the business, but it was our business. We yeah. had a retail store, so he sold running shoes and running apparel okay. and things. And okay. then a few years later, we we bought into the gym in Melbourne. We moved down to Melbourne. Yeah. And that's okay. Oh, that's cool. Clients. Yeah. Okay. That's really neat. Yeah. Because I know I know you work with him now, so that's why I'm like, okay, how is this going to evolve? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we, uh, in terms of us working together, do you want me to to kind of sure yeah that. yeah I'm definitely so, curious yeah and even just the fact that you're both entrepreneurs because often I see like you know in my case it's like my husband has like this quote-unquote stable you know nothing stable these days job and then I'm able to you know not like be a fluffy entrepreneur or anything but it takes off a bit of the pressure when you're starting to have some you know so a lot of entrepreneurs that I know here in Canada a lot of them one of them is sort of the entrepreneur and then the other one um you know is often has a bit more of the traditional job so that is kind of where i'm um where i find it it's really interesting that you are both entrepreneurs i love that because it can be hard i think it can be hard to relate you know someone who's not an entrepreneur it's a totally different dynamic in a relationship so um and that's what i'm used to so that's why i'm curious about about you and how you're both um of that mindset and sort of more of a risk taker i guess yeah yeah that wasn't something that we really planned to be honest it, it came about very naturally and i'm in some ways glad that it did because i think that if you both decide to jump into business together I saw my parents do it very early and on their their relationship and not to say that that was the reason that they didn't work out but it definitely puts a certain amount of pressure on when you both run a business together and you're also in relationship and so I think because we decided to jump in a bit later in our relationship it meant that we had some time together. So there's part of part of the story is that too, is the fact that you've still got um, a marriage that you want to keep going and be flourishing yeah. and all of that. And so in terms of, you mentioned the word being a risk taker and I probably sit on the middle of the spectrum. I'm probably about a four or five out of 10 in terms of how much okay. risk I'm willing to take. Whereas okay. I would say that that John is a little bit more of a risk taker and and maybe that's through like upbringing and things like that. But he he was willing to jump into it a lot sooner. I also thought that I was going to be in my career for a really long time. So I was on that okay. corporate yeah, career kind of track. Okay. And, uh, unless it was starting my own architecture business, I didn't think that I would be jumping into business at all really and okay. so I think when I decided to start my coaching business it kind of it got to a point where I'd been doing it for a couple of years and it was going well I was still balancing that actually with part-time work so I think that's where my I stay at about a four or five out of ten okay that I 
it took me a while to feel really ready to go all in and put all the chips on the table and say, okay, I'm going to do this and um, make this my full-time thing. And sometimes when you do that, you're not necessarily got a full bank of clients. You have to lean in before all of those clients, that becomes like a fully full-time thing sometimes. So yeah, we certainly, we, we jumped into it at a time where we already had some history in our relationship. We, uh, we got really clear also on what we wanted to create. So before we started this current business, Creator Club and the Business Coaching Membership, we actually spent six months working on the vision for that business and working on the back end of it. And then okay. we launched. So there was a lot that people weren't seeing that was going on behind the scenes. Of course. Yeah, yeah. And that was really great because that allowed us to have some of those conversations. And obviously the hard conversations keep going when you're still in business, but have a bit of an idea. Okay, what's our roles going to be? What's this going to look like? How's this going to work around our relationship and uh, like definitely in the early stages once we launch also figuring out how I, I work versus how John works which is fairly different we have yeah. good work ethics but um he can get up at 5 a.m and start writing early whereas I'm a little bit different and I have a cycle yeah that's early all of yeah. those sorts of things we had to work through rather than me just kind of fitting in with him or him fitting in with me. Right. Very much a partnership and bringing two individuals together and two individual sets of skills, but also two people with slightly different capacities, things like that as well. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, that's so interesting. Um, okay. I have sort of an unrelated question and then I'll come back to this. Yeah. Where does blogging fit in? Because I know at one point, you were blogging, right? Yes. There was a beauty blog. There was, yes. you know, I remember talking about this. Yes. So I definitely skipped over that part in terms of how I got my first coaching clients. And that was probably something that contributed to getting coaching clients, even though those things were two distinct businesses if you will the beauty blogging wasn't really a a business we weren't making money from that but I guess when I was starting to transition out of architecture even when I wasn't fully out of the architecture world I wanted some creative outlets I wanted things where I could use my brain that wasn't just what I was getting paid for nine to five I wanted a project you know and I think people have hobbies <laughs> although no definitely you know I went through a similar thing so yeah I, I can totally relate to wanting that connection outside of work mm. a passion a passion project of some sort yeah and as I mentioned I was starting to get my body well again and exploring all of those different avenues with that and one thing for that one thing for me with that was cleaning up my diet and cleaning up my beauty routine and getting just a lot of chemicals out of my system. And so with that, uh, what I started to realize that I was really super passionate. I'd actually been passionate since I was really little about skincare and 
what went into it and then my best girlfriend we were living around the corner from each other and she was interested in blogging she followed a lot of blogs we always talked about bloggers that we loved and yeah um some that I think are still going to this day I love that I still love years later so much so it's so wholesome like I think when someone has it a is. It's, it's content that yeah. lives, yes. you know, that it's not just fleeting. Yes. Yes. And now obviously their, their blogs have become much bigger businesses and things like that, but they started in humble, hum, you know, in humble times and that's certainly yeah. where we were. So yeah, really it started as a side project and I kind of had an inkling, oh, I can see ways that we could make money off this, you know, product partnerships and perhaps creating our own ebooks or info products, but there was never, that was never the immediate intention was that we have to make money from this. And right. I was very aware that both of us were still working 40 hours a week and this yeah we had to respect that as well because um yeah blogging takes still takes a lot of time as you know yeah yeah it does, you're doing yeah. everything yourself and we were doing oh yeah photography and the writing mm -hmm. and putting the website together and things like that and so really what that created was an initial community a bit of an email yeah. list Mm -hmm. connections all around Australia because we were connected to a lot of different beauty brands around Australia and New Zealand and obviously partnered with working for a company like Lululemon that has a wellness focus it, it, it all just worked quite nicely together and from okay. I was able to to leverage both communities to start to bring clients into the business but really that okay yeah, that became some workshops and then that evolved from there. So, okay. Yeah, that, that's so interesting. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's, I find with blogging is it, it sets you up on a good path because then you're forced to create like content and which you have to do for any job now. Um, so yeah, I always, I love that, that you started out in a similar, similar spot. So from your first co coaching client to where you are now, is it, like what you thought it would be, is it completely different than, than where you started? Yeah, at a certain point with a business, especially if it's a side hustle or part-time, certainly there's a, there's a point where you have to draw a line in the sand and go, am I going to keep this as something that fills up my cup that gives me a little bit of extra cash flow, but it's not my it's not the thing I'm going to be doing 100%. And mm. I always think that there's nothing wrong with juggling a couple of different revenue streams. And when I say revenue, yeah. one of those could be working retail like I was. And I continue yeah. to work retail because the benefit was to my business is that I was able to hone my sales skills. I was constantly talking to people all the time and and those are all skills that you need in coaching and that give you the confidence to do your marketing and so i think i was also using that not as so much this is a barrier and these two things are very separate and 
you know, a lot of people, they hate their part-time thing and they want to be doing the other thing full-time, but I saw it as an opportunity and I always used it as an opportunity rather than trying to see it as, as something I was getting out of. And so right. I think for me, the there was a point where John and I sat down and we said, okay, like we're both coaching people individually and we coach on a lot of the same themes. We coach on a lot of, we have a very similar style and what would it look like if we came together and started a business together? And the idea was that we were building something that I would be full time in and he would be full, that would be our main thing. And so I think setting it up with that intention from the get-go meant that that was our first goal. That's what we were working towards. Yeah. Something that could support us and that we could grow over time and, and allow us to also step into our personal vision for how we wanted to live our life and things like that as well. So I think once you make that decision, you have to just go all in and say, okay, what is this really going to look like? I really have to put some risk on the line and go for it because otherwise I'll I'll, I'll either be left wondering what if or I'm yeah. completely comfortable with the fact that I do a couple of things and that's that's how I that's how I roll. Yeah. 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 Okay. And has it all been, because I, 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 um, I'm trying to look for the right words, sorry. You come across to me as someone who, um, like you said before, you know, you're like a four on the risk, um, you know, sort of scale that you're, you're, you're practical in certain ways. And I guess I'm curious about, um, you know, when you make these big decisions, these big um, transitions, is it, you know, a gut thing? Is it a passion thing? Is it a writing out a list of pros and cons of like, this is a sound business idea. Um, Do you have a thought process like that at all? I think that's such a great question. And a couple of things come to mind around that. I am not heavily into human design, but I know that that also can give you some clues. Perhaps even your your, uh, astrology, your birth chart could give you clues as to I think sometimes you innately know how you do things and that just gives you the confirmation. So I think certainly the way that I make decisions now has changed though. I would say that I think the more you make big decisions in in your life, the more often you have to make really big critical decisions, the easier it gets to keep making big decisions. And there's always there's always decisions that you're sitting on as well, though. Like I think mm-hmm. there's there's still things that I'm probably a little more risk averse that I don't chop and change a lot because especially with business, I like to see the compound effect. You know, I like okay. to do something repeatedly make decision after decision in in a direction rather than let's do this and then let's do this and then let's do this. Yeah. Like whipsaw my nervous system around too much. Yeah. 
Whereas I, um, I know some people are a bit more, yeah, like yourself, are maybe a bit more like love that. That actually gives them energy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in terms of making some of these big decisions, initially they took a long time and I was probably starting in my head, but slowly moving down into my heart and, and deep okay. in my gut. Um, yeah. But a lot of decisions now, oh, I think, yeah, more, more heart-gut ratio versus head. And okay. I think it's just learning to trust yourself over time. Isn't yeah. it? Trusting that oh, yeah. that place to make decisions from has merit. And not everything has to make sense logically from the from the start. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. No, I find I always I'm always <laughs> curious about that. I think it's really yeah. interesting. Um, have you had? And this is bringing me back to my. We were talking before, and I was saying, "Oh my gosh, it's bringing me back to my recruitment days, like 20 years ago." <laughs> and I remember always asking people, you know, what has been your greatest accomplishment so far in life? Um, and I'm curious what you would say yours is. Initially, I think, I think this is always an interesting question because sometimes accomplishment can be very externalized and mm -hmm. we look at it in terms of money and in terms of number of clients things like that that mm -hmm. that we think as success so definitely I think initially scaling or growing creator club to the level which we grew it to and how we did that relatively quickly like I'm very proud of that and it certainly at times was a lot of work but we we were just very consistent from the get-go and and i think which can be so hard you know, oh, so it, can, hard. Be, it yeah. can be so hard for so many people so you, that that in itself is um a really great thing yeah where you don't know it's going to pay off either we um but i think also with marketing these days and even with social media you don't know when someone that follows you is going to become a client there's not a there's there's not always a guaranteed timeline on that so I think yeah. of the work that I'd even done prior to this business with John was setting up for this and so that's definitely what I always say to people is is be creating all the time because it's always yeah. setting you up for the next success but you know like I think the obviously the big decision to leave architecture full-time is something yeah. that I'm actually really proud of. And I think the moment where I get proud of that is when I actually have a couple of clients in Creator Club who are people I worked with. And um, oh really? That's amazing. It's and like I full think, circle. Yeah, totally. 10 years later, they're going out on their own and doing their own thing, or they're starting a side business and they they've turned to me for help. And I think, yeah, well, okay everywhere you go you leave an impression as well it's and so true it's so, so true you just don't know like don't be a good person be be yeah. generous with your time be generous with your wisdom and it'll pay off in, in so many ways and so I think I'm I'm 
going back to like even before that just the way I conducted myself yeah set me up later in life you know with the universe protecting me and giving me that that little nudge at the time and then it's like paid off who knows yeah yeah that's such a good feeling that's so neat when that happens um okay well I mean that that was a lot of uh I love your journey and I guess another thing I'm curious about is you know do you have any other ideas in your head like are there other things not to give away like you know all your cards or anything um but is there anything that you're you know kind of itching to try um business-wise non-business-wise yeah I think this is an interesting question and I'm turning 40 at the end of the year so am I are you as well I'm in December oh me too there you go (laughs) that's that's why we're friends yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and so I don't know about you but I think if I zoom out and actually look at this question I think there's certainly a time of life transition and coming up and definitely like 40 is not a big deal like I think probably no you know you're not even really halfway through your life yet but Mm. it's certainly been one that I think people have in the past probably you know 40th birthday parties you know they're a thing and (laughs) I think it's like when you decide you're actually going to become a real adult (laughs) (laughs) like like you know or or maybe you revert the other way I don't I don't know all your adulting but anyway I think that transition and thinking about that even though I don't like to think too much chronologically in life like yeah you know obviously I'm gonna you know I'm gonna die eventually or whatever I'm not I'm not gonna live forever but I try to think in more in moments and in in milestones versus what it means in terms of age but I think you know sometimes you do you do reflect at certain times like this maybe it's kids kids having a milestone or um you know starting a family and so it just causes you to think about life and and I think for me I've been thinking a lot and and it's time to start start acting on some of these thoughts around and this feeds into business too but how I'm really like like what would it look like to lean in at a level 10 on who I really, really am versus who, like, I think a lot of what you put on social media, for example, is still very curated, even though you would say, definitely I'm really putting myself into this. And I know. Putting yeah. myself out there, but it's still, it's still like a few photos and a few little videos. So Mm-hmm. Like outside of that, how can I bring what I'm doing in my life and and things I'm passionate about into into that and into business more? Because you know, the last year running this business, it has has been a period of of obviously leaning in and getting out of my comfort zone, but in a different way, in a more mechanical, strategic let's get this set up and and know that this is a viable business and then once you're a period in you can 
you can then lean in a bit more, but it's in, in different ways. And I just think there's more to be gained from that. You might face more criticism. You might face more scrutiny because you're not trying to fit yourself into a mold and, and you, you know, not that you become more opinionated or anything like that, but you just double down on your values. And so I've been thinking a lot more about that. And I think that does probably have a bit to do with the age, age thing as well. But yeah. So, you know, I'm not giving away specifics there on what it yeah. looks like. But yeah. I think we go through these evolutions, don't we, of our character and our Definitely. And, and I'm probably feeling like, what's that going to look like? And, you know, what do I have to put on the line personally, financially, in order to like really step into that? And then with the business, we've got a few things towards the end of the year uh, my husband's always writing books and he's oh, that's he's, cool yeah he's always writing <laughs> that's kind of his his um thing that he loves and, okay yeah and so I mean people always ask me would you write a book and mm -hmm. perhaps yeah yeah it's really something I've thought about so maybe you know maybe that's something that I lean into but I think for us after the last two years, we also see a real opportunity to bring different experiences to people in, in a real life setting, not just a virtual okay. setting. Yeah, that's refreshing. So, <laughs> and things like that, that bring people together and I guess cause us to really also expand in a new way. Um, you know, believing that 100 or 200 people would show up to an event or believing that yeah. people will want to sign up to a retreat that looks like this kind yeah. of thing so yeah I think that's 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 my next frontier <laughs> okay no yeah. that's so cool yeah um okay I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm losing my trail of thought here, but I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on or um, if you want me to. No, I mean, <laughs> anything you're, you're curious about, like, um, um, obviously I'll edit this little bit up, but yeah, no, no, I yeah. know. That's why I, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Like if you want to, I know you're so like, you're so consistent on social media. I don't know if you want to talk anything about that or, yeah. Um, or just leave it at story. Um, I, even what you just said like a minute ago about how you have that sort of desire to like, yes, you're, you're curating what you share, but I think it's almost the fact that, cause I have those same feelings. It's like that you're sharing so much. You're so comfortable with doing that. There is a voice inside your head saying like, okay, why not take it to the next level? Why not, you know, see where this could go. Um, but you are so consistent and, um, that's something I personally struggle with so much. So I, I am, I am kind of curious about, um, I guess, have you always been that consistent on social media? And is it because you, you see like results from it or is it that you're just that disciplined? <laughs> I think, I think definitely discipline. Yeah. And I think there's real opportunity. I, I, I look at social media in, in this way, and this is not necessarily 
the right way or this is not necessarily what's trending right now but I think there's and this comes back to what I was saying before in terms of what you're leaning into outside of your virtual life is there's an opportunity with social media to take people on a journey and tell people a story about your life and what you're creating and you know I love people who document the process we've got I've got a lot of artist friends and then we've got a few artists in creator club and that's really something that helps their work to in their business to grow as if they really lean into that documenting and I often think what would it look like if I was documenting more of my life rather than writing it in a book but using social media or using podcasts as a way to document and so um, in terms of consistency though I think look you know I think for me the barrier to consistency and I'm sure people are going to nod their head when they when I say this and and that they will identify with it. A lot of the barrier to consistency for me is always to do with what's going on in my head and the, the judgment mm -hmm. and the thoughts mm -hmm. of uh, you shouldn't show up like that or should you really say that or you're coming across too harsh or a little bit like, you know, coaching, like all of those sort of thoughts that go through your head when you go to do something. And so I just find that, that my consistency has come from learning over time to shut out that voice really is the is the biggest thing i think there's no i don't have a big strategy i don't i say okay i'm going to commit to roughly like this amount of posts per week and and we've got non-negotiables especially for creator club in terms of what we want to present there and okay so I just work with some really basic parameters. I'm not, okay. um, you know, I do my all my own social media, but I'm just always looking for fun, different ways to surprise people. Sometimes I'll jump on a live and I won't have planned it, but it's That's like- That's so amazing. I have yeah. never done a live ever. Really, they really? terrify me. Yeah, no. <laughs> See, I, so good I, for you. <laughs> I love, I think the, the, the skill that you have though, and I don't know how much you plan stuff, but you, you, like I think of the way that you put a lot of your reels together is that you're very good at the pieces of the puzzle and, and planning it out and thinking like conceptually, okay, what's the end point and how do I, you know, get to that visual end point. And whereas I'm just more like, Let's do it. <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's Sometimes I often, it. I often wish I could just do the let's do <laughs> it point, you know. I loved your um your post um yesterday or today. We're in different yeah. time zones, but um when you said are you watching someone else's movie or creating your own? I just I love that. I saved it. I was like there are so many good points because you know, we all spend so much time on social media and yeah, you can just get so wrapped up in your own head. And it's such a good reminder. I'm like, if I could just read this every morning, um, you know, it would, it would get me sort of past that initial difficult way of thinking that I, I so often find myself in. So I think what you're sharing is great. And, you know, yeah, what you're doing is working. 
Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I think that that's coming from a place of I'm not doing this to, I'm not trying to conform to a certain way of posting that is going to get like clickbait kind of posting. Yeah. You know, sometimes people can use emotional triggers and things like that. I, I, I'm more of the view of I want to say the things that are just not being said, you know, yeah. and not necessarily like a lot of the time I'm calling myself out and yeah. owning up to the fact that this is something I'm doing. I'm guessing that you're probably feeling or thinking or doing this as well. Yeah. And so by sharing it, I don't necessarily expect that it's going to go crazy. But mm -hmm. for the few people like yourself that go, oh, mm -hmm. it's like, well, you know, the fact that you saved it and you're thinking about it. I'm like, that's cool. That's what I want. I don't just want like so much content, you know, the last two years, especially it's, it's no wonder that people want to like rage quit Instagram at times. Yeah. Like, so many people have laughed. It's crazy. Oh, it's yeah. And I get it because you don't, you, you, you're, you don't feel like that. You don't want to cop a bunch of shit from Instagram. Yeah. Or play the game, you, you know, you should be yeah. speaking up like, you're doing your best and yeah I don't know we could get into a whole conversation about oh I know <laughs> and you it's know there. at times I, I get very tempted to like share more of that stuff mm -hmm. but I think my voice is better used in other ways and yeah I don't know I think that sometimes yeah putting your voice out there on certain issues is a mirror to your values, but you've got to ask yourself, am I really actually living like that in my real life? I want to live like that in my real life first. I don't need to tell people that that's what yeah. I believe or that's what I think. And, you know, I it was, is hard. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's so much pressure. I deal with the there same is. thing. And I, yeah. I'm always like, I just feel like, and I heard from somewhere recently, like you have to live at a higher level sort of vibration or frequency that, you know, there's all these buzzwords, but you have to kind of, you're not above it, but, um, you still have to live your life as well. Um, and you can be acknowledging it in your private life, but we're not experts in everything and it, and it can be hard. I think that, I think you're right. Like, I think that's why I put, a lot of people aren't posting as much because it, it's hard to, to have that sort of instinct that you have to please not only your community, but say the right thing about everything mm. um so yeah. i like what you said about that about you know yeah um, yeah <laughs> heaven forbid like you you say one thing and believe in this and then two weeks later you're like well this is actually you know i've changed my mind or mm -hmm. i believe that about that but i believe this about this issue it's like we you know we have to be so um, binary and so black and white and I just don't think we really are that's that's not who we are at the heart of it but they're kind of forcing us into that yeah <laughs> and so yeah it exactly away from ourselves a lot and who yeah. we really are yeah 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 okay um I don't know what else to <laughs> no, I'm, no I know you can edit this part out but um I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted me to like prompt you on? 
No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, we can just kind of round it, wrap it up there if you like. That's we're on the hour. So. Okay, no, sure. I mean, I'm not in a hurry to leave or anything. I just want to make sure I'm covering everything off for you. And yeah, yeah. You, you do have fabulous skin, by the way. <laughs> so, oh, it's probably my whatever. camera. And <laughs> no, I think you look great. Um, but I've loved having this conversation. I just, I knew when we first connected that I wanted to uh, hear more and learn more because, you know, I'm always trying new things. So, um, and I think a lot of people out there, they have no idea what is possible, you know, when they start their own business. Or, and, and I think a lot of people have this notion that like, oh, it was easier, um, you know, or, or that person, you know, lucked into it and they don't, hearing the story, like hearing your story about how, you know, you kind of, you, you take something in university or college because it feels like the right thing, right? And, and it's, you know, I was way too young to just to know what to do personally. So I think climbing out of that, you know, is is always such an interesting story. So I loved I loved hearing yours and I love um you know what you share and that you're in business with your husband and still married and everything seems <laughs> great and you guys are doing awesome. Oh thank you. Thank you. It's interesting you say that because I was just thinking then I think you spend X amount of years learning and then you get to this transition point and then you spend X amount of years unlearning. And I think I'm very much in the unlearning phase. And, and with that, that's not comfortable to be in, right? And so none of yeah. being always really fun and easy and, oh, let's just do this and it'll all work out. And because you know yeah. that you're going against the pressures of your peer group and what they're doing and what society and now like like I say the news or social media like what they're trying to pigeonhole you into yeah and so I think it, it's really fun to be in that unlearning phase and maybe discovering who you truly are but at the same time and 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 I guess doing things in line with that, like the things that you actually see that I do are really just a reflection of that process versus, yeah. you know, the first probably 30 years of my life that was spent kind of following and ticking boxes and, and learning because that's what I should do. And yeah, yeah. So um, it's an interesting time. It's a fun time. It is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, thank you for having me back. <laughs> oh, me you're welcome. You. Thank you. Thank you very much for um, for this opportunity to share a bit of my story in in a in a much more, I guess, unscripted, like we said, at the yeah, <laughs> scripted way. And it's always surprising what what comes out of your mouth. I think so. I really appreciate you you doing this and I hope that everyone got some new insights and um learned something new about about my story and and hopefully there's something in that that you can take into your own life that's always what we hope by sharing our story right so yeah, yeah. absolutely